You are listening to Adjective New Music's podcast, Lexical Tones. I'm your host, Rob McClure. Crunchy, erratic, visceral. Nathaniel Herring is deeply interested in the use of live electronics to expand the artistic capabilities of traditional instruments and augment their timbral horizons, while enriching their expressive and improvisational possibilities. This perspective is also highly influential and represented in the gestural power and extended sound worlds of his purely acoustic work. He has collaborated with and had works performed by Grammy award-winning Vietnamese performer and composer Van An Vo, Trio Acanto, Ensemble Maizen, Mivos Quartet, the members of Wasteland, Ensemble Ipsy, Ensemble Dal Niente, and the LA Philharmonic. Winner of the 2019 ASCAP Seamus Student Award, the 2019 Pre-SIME Residency Prize, and the Mixed Media Award of Distinction from the MAIN Festival in Matera, Italy, Nathaniel's work can be found on Flux Volume 33, as well as multiple volumes of Music from Seamus. His pieces have recently been featured at the International Computer Music Conference in Shanghai, Seoul, and New York City, the Toronto International Electroacoustic Symposium, Noise Floor Festival at Staffordshire University in the UK, Vipa in Valencia, Spain, Walkmat in Taiwan, Sonic Matter in Switzerland, and at numerous other international venues. Nathaniel is currently pursuing a PhD in music composition at the University of California, San Diego. Hey, Rob. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's get started, man. Uh, so good to see you again. Yeah, think, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's been a while, you know. Yeah, I'm glad, glad to be back. So we're going to talk about three of your pieces tonight. I wanted to start off with uh, Medical Text, page 57. And we've actually featured this uh, on the podcast before on, on one of our Seamus episodes. But it's good to kind of like uh, revisit it, you know, and uh, and talk about it again. So this is for voice and live electronics. And this, I think, was the first piece that I heard of yours it was at Seamus in uh, when it, when Seamus was in Oregon, yeah. and um, yeah. So, like, tell us how this piece got started. What was what was the impetus for for writing this piece? Oh, I I love this piece. Uh, it's been it's an incredibly important piece for me. It's been a beautiful yeah. thing. Um, at this point, it's starting to um, it's starting to have been a little while uh, yeah. since since it was made. Uh, I still love it. The uh, the impetus for it. Um, actually, love the story too. I was commissioned to write a choir piece. Did I did I talk about this back in the day? I don't uh, think so. I think this, this is might complete... be new, new yeah, information. This is yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I was commissioned to write a choir piece. It's like a, a large ensemble award at Western Michigan that rotates through, um, you know, one year it'll be for the the choirs, one year it's for the, the orchestra, one year it's for the uh, wind symphony, that kind of thing. Uh, and I landed on the choir year, which I was very, very excited about. Uh, I, cause I was like, oh, I can use, you know, like 50 voices together yeah. to, to make these, uh, like in, in incredible <laughs> grinding isn't the right word. You know, uh, like grotesque, textures. And, yeah. Like yeah. grotesque vocalizations together. Like how, how cool will that be? Like naturally disseminated through like 50 people kind of like, um, 
improvising together like that. And really quickly, they were like, please don't do anything like that. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, please, please, please do not do anything like that. Oh, man. Uh, they're like, it needs to have a very, very clear tonal center. Please, uh, like, um, and it, it, I, I'm truly thankful, first of all, for this, for this project, for the, I, I'm, I love the result, but uh, it was very clear very early on that um, it really needed to be, like, it needed to be what the choir needed it to right. be. Uh, yeah, the which was a funny situation. Uh, it was a frustrating situation for me, honestly. Uh, again, I'm very thankful for what it turned into. But um, so I, I had to write this choir piece, and I had to find a text. And I um, was visiting my family for the holidays, and my dad is a medical doctor, uh, and I was. Uh, I was complaining that I I couldn't find a text. I was like, I, I wonder what I'm going to do. And he said, uh, he's like, well, you should just, you should look back through uh, all my medical texts. He's like, they, they're all from like the 1800s. He's like, they didn't really uh, know what was going on then. So it's basically just poetry. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's just art. Uh, the, <laughs> and he I, lo- the, I love he, that. Old science is art. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it's very i i love how uh yeah how blurred the lines are <laughs> between yeah. um but he he pointed me to one of his favorites and uh i just kind of glossed through and then found the the page of the medical text from the title um it, there's a couple of pages on uh it's on age as a terminal condition mm-hmm. so, so it's just like on on age as yeah as a terminal condition like like, as, like basically you're gonna die from getting older that's, yeah that's yep. that was the main point of it well that basically. kind of is that that really is artistic it's you know it's really it's really beautiful to read uh, and I thought it was amazing and uh, I was studying with Eleni Lilios at the time and I brought that text to her and like I have I have found a text for my choir piece. Uh, and she was immediately like, "No." <laughs> uh, she's like that. She's like that text is way too amazing to use on what is going to have to be a very traditional choir piece. She's like, "You." Yeah. <laughs> so she she started. Um, she's like, "You can feel what this needs to be." Uh, and she started. Um, if you've ever. I I know that you know Eleni, but for sure. for every everybody listening, uh, this is this is very in character. Uh, she did start um, uh, vocal improv on the te- you know she's like with the <laughs> she's like it's got to be like that. It can't uh, you know like you can't have um, it can't be a normal choir piece. It has to right. be uh, like the exact opposite of that. So she's like save that um, for after this choir piece, and um, I was so. <laughs> I was complaining uh, that that I that I had to wait to do that, and that is right exactly when I met Daniel Bayot. Uh, and Daniel was like, "I know how to do uh, choir things and experimental vocal things. We should we should work together." Uh, I was like, "Oh, definitely." Uh, not realizing just how amazing that collaboration would be, because yeah. um, Daniel ended up showing me. Um, we we got in a room together. I asked a bunch of questions and he showed me basically every ridiculous, amazing, grotesque vocal 
thing he could create. Uh, and I ended up basically making crafting a piece out of all of them. Uh, and he did he did joke like when I showed you all that I I didn't think you were going to use all of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, but that's that's basically what it was was um, just every. Yeah, every every one of the 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 beautiful things that that Daniel could do, like strung crafted together into a into a piece using the text um, that Eleni wisely advised me to uh, to save for something something special like this. Yeah. yeah. So um, when you got in that room and he's doing all these different techniques, are 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 you recording that, or are you just kind of like having a memory of it so that when you finally go to write this piece, you you know you have because I I would think that doing something like this with the with the electronics the way they are, you know, I I think uh, like about half is live, half is fixed in the, in that neighborhood, and. Uh, did like did you have that like kind of sound repository that you could always refer back to or were you just like bringing him in all the time uh totally so the it is like half and half uh i also love that about the piece uh but the the first time i didn't record and daniel did some crazy aggressive uh like ultra high pitched sound uh, cause I asked like, is, is it possible to do, to do da da da? And he did it, uh, with like such in such incredible glottal pressure that it, it, you know, like created yeah. a, a super high multiphonic. It was ridiculous. <laughs> the, uh, and I was like, that's going to be the beginning of the piece. That's the greatest sound I've ever heard. And then uh, he and, never did it again. <laughs> yep. And then he, he could never do it again. He couldn't, uh, we, both of us could not remember how, yep how how that could have ever happened yeah. <laughs> the, so after that moment i yes i record every because uh, that, that's still how i make pieces is like um meeting with individuals uh and trying things out and recording those sessions uh so I, after that first session with daniel I, yeah I, I record pretty much every session with a yeah. person uh the what was the rest of your question uh, just like when you're as, as you're like writing that and then developing the electronics, you know, are you constantly like bringing it? Hey, can you try this? Can you try that? What is this going to sound like? Or are you just kind of doing it yourself? You know, like sometimes uh, l like, for instance, I'm right now I'm working on a piece for uh, percussion and live mm -hmm. electro, like all live electronics. It's the first time I've ever done something that's 1000% live with no fixed yeah. media. It's terrifying to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, like I'm, I am a percussionist, you know, yeah. and I have the instruments sitting in my office and I can test everything out and try everything as like for a voice piece. I can imagine you can just kind of try things out yourself, but sometimes, you know, you don't have that luxury. Like, you know, like a later piece, like, I don't, I don't know. Do you play the violin? No, no, I don't. Play okay. The violin. So, so, so right. So, so for those, for those moments, it gets like really difficult to, you know, really figure out what the, what the live aspect of the electronics are going to be like. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, are you, are you kind of craft at, and also because, you know, your pieces are so reliant on, uh, non, non-traditional instrumental techniques or non-traditional totally. vocal techniques. So it's like, you know, finale is not going to stand in for that. Totally. That, that's a really fantastic question. And for, for, for the piece with Daniel, 
I, I still, I think the story, the way, the way it came together is really interesting to me. So I do, um, when, when I'm like creating the piece, I am, uh, performing it to myself for sure. Uh, yeah. like I'm, or even for the violin, I'm like pretending mm-hmm. like I have a violin and I'm like taking timings from that and stuff. Yeah. So okay. in shaping, in shaping the score and the work and all that, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm de- I definitely did a lot of the vocals, you know, I, I tried the vocals mm-hmm. while making yeah, right. um, as much the piece as with can. Daniel. Uh, but in terms of like actually making and testing the electronics, I actually uh, partially kind of due to time constraints almost the, uh, so I, I had like a handwritten draft score of, of the whole thing, brought it together uh, and the piece needed to be done pretty soon and i can't remember um i think i remember exactly what what like festival application it was due for but the yeah. so what actually happened was uh daniel and i sat down and recorded each chunk like each little moment of the piece mm-hmm. uh and then i took those little chunks of him performing through the whole piece and then like created the piece <laughs> yeah uh, right the uh so we we made basically a demo track of of the whole thing and then I actually created the entire piece around that demo track. Mm-hmm. Would run um, different segments uh, from that recording session through live processes to see exactly what they would sound like. And then I would actually print um, print my favorite outcomes of those live processes because usually they are, um, you know, there's, there's some stochastic random elements to them. Sure. Uh, and then I actually put that in like the the greater logic file. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I was actually listening to it all together through like the whole creation process. And then I, um, I just muted the Daniel track (laughs) and the live processing and pulled that out. And that's now the fixed media that like exists for the piece. And actually that um, maybe I shouldn't say this, (laughs) this, this is, this is like a half secret. So, but I'll share that with, um, okay. With, with everyone who's listening, Ooh, a the, scoop. Yeah, yeah. The, um, but that the demo track that we we created that that is the recording that exists yeah. now. Uh, it, it was made um, out of it was created initially out of context, uh, and I, I shaped the whole thing around that recording. But I loved that re- I I loved the resulting recording, and that that actually is the one that's on like um, Score Follower and yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's so interesting because I, I was having this, uh, I, I, it's been a series of conversations about like how people create uh, pieces that are for instruments and electronics. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you're doing, when you're doing just like an instrument and straight up fixed media, uh, to me, it often makes the most sense to like write out the instrumental part completely with a vague idea of what the electronics will be throw that stuff into logic and then you're just you're literally just working on a fixed media piece you know um but when live when live processing is involved it gets a little bit uh, totally you know what what's going on because i was talking with other composers and they were like oh well i always do the electronics first and the instrument comes later and i'm like what <laughs> what how can that be possible and and other people are I I guess I've done it uh, a little bit of both. Like the the very last piece I wrote for uh, instrument and electronics, the entire 
uh, piano part was done. Uh, yeah. I had vague ideas of what the electronics would be. Uh, it's a lot of fixed media, some uh, some live processing. But then this piece that I'm working on right now, mm-hmm. it's like in order to know what I could write, I kind of had to make the electronics first and then kind of improvise with the electronics in the room to figure out what I was actually going to write for the instrument. So Come it's on. like, yeah, it's uh, six and one half dozen the other, I guess. Yeah. It's a funny, it's a fascinating thing. I do usually try to create exactly like you said. Uh, I, I do try to create like the whole instrumental part as much as I can, uh, knowing you know, uh, thinking very thoroughly about what the electronics will be. Right. Um, and uh, so I, I would, I definitely think of them as being like conceived at the same time. But yeah, I do usually um, have like the score as guidance uh, to, yeah. to then go in. And uh, especially with, um, and I'm almost always creating like, uh, you know, d- trying different live things like as I go and the, mm-hmm. uh, but especially in the case of um, medical texts, because of the way it came together, like the the actual timings uh, are definitely, you know, definitely changed. Uh, but based off of like how it actually was performed uh, mm-hmm. by Daniel and like you know the and how I shaped it um, after the fact, like that was then reflected in the score. And that and that happens with all the pieces that like you know it, as I'm creating it, if I'm like oh really that needed more time. Uh, especially because a lot of the scores involve um, like time time based uh, chunks. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty easy yeah. to be to be like, oh, actually, that should be fifteen seconds. Or even when it is, um, you know, it's not particularly hard to add a a couple of measures here and there. Right. Know? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, with with this piece, did you have any other kind of any other pieces or ideas that kind of inspired the work i mean you know what were you like listening to or or thinking about that that made this piece what what it is or was it really just responding to the text and what daniel could do i think first first and foremost definitely responding to what daniel could do uh that was that that was a huge motivator for the whole thing was directly working with Daniel. And I, I'm, I'm still extremely thankful uh, mm-hmm. to Daniel uh, to this day. I, I love Daniel. Uh, since then, someone has told me this is almost exactly like a, um, a Barrio piece that I actually didn't know about at the time. I, 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 I shouldn't bring it up cause I don't remember the title, <laughs> the, uh, but apparently Barrio has a voice in electronics piece that shares a lot of similarities. Um, the, I was I'm trying to think like he doesn't have that many maybe visage maybe honestly I uh, think so yeah the but I I was definitely listening to oh it's been it's been a little while <laughs> the so I uh there's a couple of names that I can't remember uh you know that that person that wrote that piece at one time yeah, exactly. That, that's yeah. really what the answer would be right now. Uh, the because I I can see like little fragments of um, of scores that I was excited by, but I really yeah. can't remember who um, mm-hmm. who's performing them. The yeah, no, it's it's been a little. <laughs> it's it's uh, all gone. 
<laughs> That's okay. Well, I mean, I actually, uh, I the the recent um, chapter that I wrote for a Routledge book on electronic music, I actually mentioned this this piece, and I think I like, I th- I think I was within the context of actually the other Barrio piece, uh, yeah. Tema Maggio Joyce, and and kind of saying like, you know, if that was okay, this is for that piece is for tape medical text uh page 57 is like the live realization of of you know it's like the most 21st century version of maybe what that piece started you know 70 years ago or whatever um yeah so well thank you (laughs) and and thank you for including it in in your chat yeah man it was it was great to to kind of write that and really you know you read so many you read so many texts about electronics and they're all harping on the same pieces from the 50s and 60s and it's yeah. like yo uh and and actually the last time I taught my uh, it was just this past semester the last time I taught um the uh the course which is a uh like history and practice of electronic music and I had to keep telling my kids like hey just stay with me all right these pieces are important some of them are really good some of them suck um (laughs) but we need you know we need to know them and uh and it was just like just wait we are gonna get to the present and when we got to the present everyone was like oh this is what's happening okay (laughs) yeah that's amazing yeah it was fun it is important to yeah the people that are alive and <laughs> yeah and and then the see and i was telling everyone like look if you really really want to know about all the stuff that's going on in the present take my next semester class <laughs> because we're not going to look at anything before like 1970 in that class so you know um you got to i mean you you got to have uh parmigiani i mean <laughs> you just got to Sorry, that's probably the oldest thing I'll look at in that class, but it's, I mean, it's amazing. So anyway, so, uh, well, let's listen to it now. So, um, so we're going to hear uh, Daniel Bayot, and this is Medical Text, page 57.
Nothing. mutation period of their existence is characterized by a series of actions and reactions ever varying in your
as the identity of any part of the body at different epochs of its existence. Oh, the germs of life are intermixed with seeds of death. And however vigorous the growth of its fabric, however energetic the endowments of its maturity, we know that its days are numbered. Should escape destruction from causes that are accidental and external, it is sooner or later doomed to perish by the slow but unending operation of natural and eternal causes, inseparable from its nature and coeval with its birth. All right, so let's let's move on to your violin and electronics piece uh, to facilitate friction. This was at the the previous Seamus, right? The 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 very last one that was the virtual one, right? The most the most recent Seamus. The most yeah. recent, uh, yeah, the most it, recent Seamus. Because it was supposed to, because it won the 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 twenty nineteen uh, Seamus ASCAP student commission competition award with uh, with the full title. Right, you you want you won that with mm-hmm. medical text, right? Correct. Right, and then that was 2019. 2020 obviously was a huge shit show. Um, it was at that time no one knew how to do a virtual conference, so it ended right. up just being kind of like a like an archive yep. of all the of recordings, and it, I mean, you know, they did what they had to do, but. The next 2021, everything's on YouTube. We're in the chat. You know, everyone's like looking at the same thing at, at the same time. So, uh, so this was your this piece fulfilled that commission. Yes, uh, that 2019 commission. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I, I realized I said it said it kind of backwards. Yeah, it, it was it was the piece commissioned by that award in 2019. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Medical text won that award. This was the resulting commission. Yep. Right. Uh, okay. So it it was supposed to premiere in 2020, um, but yeah, the the world shut down and we we were not ready uh, to yeah. to present uh, a recording at that time. When yep, 
uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, the, I uh, mean, as but as it happened, you know, mm-hmm. the the video that uh, you two made together is just stunning. I mean, thank it's, you. It's great. So like, it was it was nice to kind of see it that way. It was also really nice to hear the piece with such like it was so close you know it you didn't really and and i would i kind of wonder what the piece would be like if it were in you know a big hall and you're you're hearing these like really intimate sounds from the violin but amplified and with the with the space kind of uh colored onto the sound you know it's it was just a really interesting way to hear that piece for the first time and i think like what you what you did uh with the with the sound material that you're using and that that choice that you made to record it in the way that you guys did it just it was so like close and gritty and and awesome so anyway so so like uh the commission came about um you you basically have free reign to do whatever you want, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Just so anything. what what made the uh, what what made the choice for you of like oh I want to do violin and live electronics for this? So so first of all, I love um, what you just said. I I want to hear that too. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I I've also never heard it. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. In in a real uh, in a real venue, like actually influenced by the the architecture of the space. Yeah, I've never because. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I think Alana was in, I think she was sending me those recordings from Canada, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. So the so the only way I've ever heard the piece is exactly how um, how right. everybody else heard it over. Isn't that over so YouTube. weird? Like the, the, you, you, before the before the show started, we were talking about you know I was just in New York this weekend. That to um, the, I was there to hear my piece Flora for two saxophones yeah. and. That was literally the first time I've ever heard it in in, in person, and it's been yeah. done seven times already. Wow! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> it, they've all been virtual. Uh, e- either like it was a totally virtual performance, like a virtual concert, or I've had to have been virtual because I couldn't get there mm. or something like that. It exactly. Was, yeah. yeah it, so it'll be exciting when you finally uh, get to hear this, like in the same space. Yeah, I I have to say that it's been weird. Um, as a, as a quick aside, because uh, we we were briefly like back in the concert hall mm-hmm. for for a couple of performances at at UCSD. It's weird. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you've experienced that, like to, oh, yeah. to suddenly We've... have sound coming like not just from your headphones, <laughs> the, but to like suddenly actually... not be able to comment on a piece mid piece with emojis. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. If if there was one thing we could take from the virtual concert hall, it's being able to like like hype up the composer mid piece yeah. by like holy shit you know like sending like, emojis ah. or whatever like <laughs> that that was one of the things i love most of all about about that like you know that venue or, or whatever but yeah it is it is oh. weird to be back in the concert hall oh yeah i'm 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 thankful for the for the chat hype <laughs> yeah right <laughs> the but it, it it really i felt like my brain couldn't wrap it couldn't understand that like real musicians were were actually performing like over there yeah, uh, right. the that it had been so long uh it had been so long since i had experienced like actual music in a space it really yeah. it really felt weird uh but i yeah i love the chat we should keep the chat somehow we should if we can keep the chat. 
I was thinking uh, like, do we do we make like huge cardboard versions of emojis and just like hold them up from our seats? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, penguin. <laughs> we uh, at least we <laughs> at least you still get to um, clap and cheer real hard at the right. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, the, so violent and electronic. Yes, sorry, sorry for the, <laughs> we're, the tangent. We're, we're tangent heavy tonight. It's great. I love it. Um, violin and yes, violin and electronics. Um, Alana had approached me uh, at some point the previous year and uh, said, "I I love what you do. Uh, I I would love to collaborate on a piece in the near future." Uh, I was like, "Yes, we will do that." Uh, and the commission came around, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, uh, it's." Let's do that. Uh, it, it's time. Uh, and I had a, a few other performers had reached out to me uh, asking if I had anything for violin and electronics. And uh, like, actually, no, uh, I don't. The So it was a combination of that. that Because um, mm-hmm. the, the top priority for me was that um, whoever, because I, I was absolutely going to write the piece for it a specific person yeah. uh the that was a top priority and uh it was also very important to me that that person be at um UCSD that uh so yeah. we can actually like daily interact uh and try things out and uh we did exactly that the we we met a number of times uh, again we we did the initial like collaborative improvis- improvisatory um sessions where we just tried things out and uh she talked about uh what what she loved and what she uh you know what what crazy sound she uniquely mm-hmm. excelled at which is um which just like the piece with Daniel that that is like the core material of yeah. of the piece and um she ended up in you know I I would then suggest like what if <laughs> what if we combined this and this and then transition into this uh which <laughs> is was always um which was usually an extremely difficult thing to do. Yeah. Uh, the, but the the result of which I, yeah, I would always be like, ah, oh, that's it, amazing, and she'd be like, <laughs> again, she's like, it, oh, why did like, I agree with this? <laughs> uh, again, it is it is kind of a piece where, yeah, sim- similar to the the voice piece that is like, oh, we're gonna do, <laughs> we're gonna do all of it, all of it at once, <laughs> the, um, but I. Alana was absolutely amazing to work with. I love the final result. Um, the we're still hoping to we're definitely hoping to like studio record that mm-hmm. um, sometime. The I did encounter. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way. The there were so many virtual festivals and performances that I kept. I felt like I kept having to create. Um, like live performance videos mm-hmm. of things, which I then felt like I couldn't um, easily splice together takes. Yeah. The, res- the result is, you know, like the best run of the whole thing, uh, which yeah. is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Um, so, so it really is like that video is a live performance of that yeah. piece. There's, there's no, um, yeah, there's no, there's no cutting. There's no edit. Yeah. The there's there's no splicing of takes. It really is like yeah. Alana running down the whole thing. She did an amazing job. I uh, 
it's it's really fantastic what are uh is this also like a combination of like live and fixed yes is it, yeah okay and Absolutely. what are some of the other sound sources other than other than violin? It it almost sounded to me like it could have been like maybe plastic or like vegetables or there's something you're yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like crumpling or breaking or something in there. Yeah, that, that's actually <laughs> uh, that's actually really beautiful. That's a really good guess. <laughs> Ooh, so it's not uh, that. Yeah, that the, I like that uh, even more. <laughs> yeah. The, so there's there's definitely plastic. Um, there's some. There's definitely plastic. There's definitely me crinkling, uh, you know, plastic bottles and other kinds of mm-hmm. of uh, crunchy, crackly uh, plastics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the a lot of the material is uh, bowed desert cacti. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's actually from I love oh I I I love those sounds so much. Uh, I think they blend just beautifully with um strings with string instruments yeah Yeah. because you know it's it's shared uh in like the the i don't know mode method of activate you know it's bowing uh but the Uh, okay hang on i i need i need more information totally all right so are you what are you bowing are you bowing the spines so here's the thing i'm not um i'm not bowing them it's actually a um I, I bought them from uh, Thomas Rex Beverly. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, he has a, he has a, I think it's number two. I think it's Bode Bo Cacti Two. <laughs> it's the, okay, it's the preferred. Um, I love that sound library. Uh, that's that's made its way into a couple, into a couple of pieces. So, but he is he's bowing the spines. Okay. Uh, occasionally he's plucking the spines. Uh, really, really, really close mic. So it's it's it also blends really well with like. You know uh, all the the recordings I've made myself because I I prefer mm-hmm. really really close mic'd gritty you know, yeah the, totally uh, so it's right in the same spirit I yeah I love those recordings yeah uh, I yeah shout out to uh, to Thomas Rex Beverly's yeah field recordings he's, are incredible uh, he's he's come up a couple times I think uh, I think uh, or maybe I. I can't remember if uh, I think Elaney has used uh, some of his sounds sometimes. Oh, totally. I think yeah. um, I think she bought a whole bunch of them for the uh, yeah. the Bowling Green Electroacoustic Studios. Uh, oh, nice. The, they're they're really yeah they're really amazing. I would love to take full credit for um, for recording those, but I, I did not do that. <laughs> the, uh, I oh, that's such a cool idea. Okay, all right. So you've got plastic, you've got bowed cactus sounds, then you've got the violin. Uh, right. And I should say, um, I don't think we ever talked about this. The with the voice piece, there's a bunch of really important like uh, alignment points. I'm like mm-hmm. shaping improvisatory, like I usually call it like highly, highly structured or like highly directed improv. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's shaping improvisatory trajectories towards like really powerful impacts and alignment points. But in between those alignment points. Is a, I like to think there's a tre- tremendous amount of freedom, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully performer agency, uh, all all of those wonderful things, uh, but again with with the voice piece, it is mostly um, it's not mostly it there there is fixed media occurring mm-hmm. and it will always occur at the same time. Uh, you know, it's like there there are I think two sections of the piece that. Um, We'll just go. 
like they'll always occur. It, it just really is fixed media. And on right. top of that, there um, there's a great deal of live electronics. Uh, and again, like agency from, from Daniel or um, any number of the amazing people who performed it and like have put their own, their own techniques that they excel at and their mm-hmm. own style and interpretation, uh, which has been amazing. Uh, but I bring that up only to say uh, when I started on the violin piece, uh, I wanted to make, uh, I, I basically wanted to create an instrument, like a, mm-hmm. like a live interactive performance environment that would respond to whatever uh, Ilana did uh, in like an intelligent, meaningful way. Right. Uh, I wanted a, a way more freedom. Because uh, the, the other piece, I think, I hope, uh, sounds free in a lot of ways. But uh, Well, yeah, it does. But it also, the, the you know, the main... I would say the main critique I always have of like completely live electronics pieces mm-hmm. is that they can be a little bit amorphous. Totally. You know, they they lack the like really big uh um directed motion uh gestures that like keep the piece moving. Totally. And and it always everything is always kind of reactive instead of, you know, uh you know, like- anticipating uh, the what what the, instru- towards the yeah. yeah what the instrument's gonna do so uh, just for for just a second going back to medical text like how mm-hmm. okay so there there is a great deal of of freedom I mean I've I've watched the score follower uh, for that you know it's like oh okay this is gonna be like five to something seconds or or, or whatever Definitely. so how are you how are you controlling um, time like for the performer do they just have like a stopwatch or do they have like something on a screen that's telling them like hey this is gonna happen right now and they can see like something progressing or something yep exactly he has uh the the performer has a uh arrival slider okay yeah yeah. <laughs> they, all yeah, right they, they can always see um yeah they can always see the laptop uh and running in max is a, is a big red Arrival slider. That, that I was actually just today for the piece I'm working on. I literally put in my notes. Yeah, you need to build the 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 slider. Like it's very important for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's invaluable to the uh, right. There's a there's a big vibrant red uh, arrival slider that yeah shows uh, yep exactly how much time uh, okay. they have to 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 align with that that impact. So, so moving towards this piece, you wanted to create something that was reacting to what the performer did in a exactly. way, right? Yeah. I, so how, like, what what kinds of things did you do to make that happen? So I tried a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. uh, the The main idea was that if I had detailed enough, like envelope follower, inform, you know, uh, amplitude information, and like other um, spectral analysis, that kind of thing. Uh, the the hope was was that it would be able to react to however Alana was interpreting it and uh, do a lot of the the hope was to provide way more agency over the actual like form and time and unfolding mm-hmm. of the piece mm-hmm. uh, and I would say <laughs> I I tried a bunch of things and we like improv together <laughs> briefly I I set up. Uh, an envelope follower in Gen to, uh, and then I just like sent different filter bands mm-hmm. to like, yeah, you know, okay, if the 
Well, and I, I ooh, sorry, I should explain this better. <laughs> uh, I did use an envelope follower in Gen. Uh, and then I, I kind of just sent exactly that envelope to the playback of mm-hmm. Fixed Electronics. Uh, and initially I had it like set up where, you know, uh, there would be separate bands for each, like uh, if she's playing really high material to play playback this this particular file the low file um low frequencies get this file playback and that was fun (laughs) uh (laughs) but at the end of the day it wasn't uh it wasn't what i wanted it to be uh and i really did want it to be uh like free and actually like uh you know basically i'm pursuing the holy grail of a informed uh you know machine improviser yeah uh, collaborator duet partner and uh, I, at the time, I, I did not achieve that. <laughs> the, uh, the, like, like not even, uh, not even kind of. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, so what I ended up doing, and I actually, I think this is fascinating. Uh, so the result for like the first couple of minutes of the piece is that I did use the Gen uh, Amplitude Tracker Envelope Follower to directly control the amplitude of a fixed media track. Uh-huh. Uh, but all that I did was in the fixed media, while creating the fixed media, basically I created exactly what I wished I could have generated live. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, so I, um, so every, every little nuanced uh, interaction that I, that I wished would happen, I just created in fixed media but then I made it so that it would only play back. It would only play back when um, when she was playing, in the hope that it would seem like uh-huh. they they were absolutely tethered. Yeah, the, totally. Uh, yeah, totally. Oh my God, I have told. I, I have I have literally said what you just said to so many students that were working on this, you know, before. Yeah. And it's like, look, if you can't if you can't figure out how to do it live yet. Until you yep. make it, yep. You know, and and it the thing is, it'll sound good no matter what. Like, I think I I really feel like there's there's this kind of like fetishizing of like, oh, you did that live. It's like, yeah, yeah. okay, cool, but you know, I, I I don't know. Like, I I for me, I like I I kind of don't care in, yeah, yeah. in certain ways, like where it's coming from. I only care about like. Does it sound cool? You know, so so actually for this last piano piece I just did, um, there were some moments where I'm like, oh, Jesus, how am I going to do this live? And time was running out. So I was like, I'm not going to do it live. I'm going to do it (laughs) fixed. It's going to maybe sound like it could maybe be live. But honestly, I don't care. Like, you know, I kind of pulled a page out of like the Davidovsky synchronisms number six, like, okay, you play the note and then it comes out of the speakers. Great. You know, (laughs) (laughs) but so I do have to, I love the results of what I did with that, um, that envelope follower, because like it does Alana's interpretation. Uh, and it's meant to be this way in the piece. Uh, those opening bars are pretty free. Uh, so like depending on exactly how it's performed in time, it'll pull different bits of the fixed media at different moments. Like it'll accentuate different, uh, parts of it. So every time she performs it, it's actually, um, the, 
uh, I only know this because of the many takes we did to make that video. <laughs> but, uh, because again, there there haven't actually been that many live performances. Yeah. Uh, the so every take, um, the fixed media, the that the result of that was was totally different. Right. Uh, yeah. The because sometimes yeah, some parts you wouldn't hear the fixed media at all. Uh, where yeah, it would highlight different areas. It's a wonder yeah. if the results. Um, so I actually still. I I think I would stand by that as still being like live and it's it's its own weird way yeah, yeah the because I uh, I do prioritize I do want each performance to be um, unique yeah to be unique and adaptable yeah. and like uh, so I love that that even though it it is just that chunk is just a fixed media track that's gonna run at the same time every time but depending on how um, how the performer draws from that in each performance, it, it comes out different. Uh, and like, yeah, again, different, different parts are accentuated. It's like its own, uh, it's really close to being like almost its own kind of, almost its own kind of instrument, sort of. It's like, yeah. uh, it's, I, I think it like rides, you know, the, it like rides the line between, cause what am I trying to say? <laughs> uh, cause right now it's set up only to do, this piece yeah like yeah sure <laughs> the, yeah like the, the fixed media is designed for for this piece which i was able to do because uh like we talked about earlier the the score already existed so i i knew that at this time i wanted these kinds of harmonics to be coming out so i could create a fixed media that was you know similar to those kinds of uh manipulations of those kinds of harmonics uh but i i do love that it's variable i think that's really exciting yeah, and it also sounds like you know you could just replace the like the, you have the architecture totally. there. Replace the fixed media with something else, put it in front of another musician, and it becomes something completely, completely different. So that's that that's kind of exciting for like you know kind of you're you're developing something that can have a longer life. You know that's that's certainly an Eleni, um, yeah, yeah, you know an an Eleni, uh parable. Exactly, or, or something <laughs> like you know the mod the modular setup. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, um, so I, uh, not not to not to interrupt the, uh, I but I I actually am still I'm still working on that idea a lot. But ex what you said is exactly true. Uh, but I am still working on how to to get closer to that holy grail of yeah. like of that um, machine duet. Uh, collaborative improviser uh, and yeah. actually because I just finished my qualifying exams mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, for UCSD um, I, I assume you passed I did uh, congratulations <laughs> thank you <laughs> I did it went very well um, but we I think this is very different than how every other department does it how a majority of schools do it uh, but we were actually asked to like choose uh like three areas of, of specialization, like whatever mm -hmm. we felt like, uh, mm -hmm. we pursue that and, uh, write like, uh, three, we have like 12 days to write three papers that are each like 30 pages each. It's that kind of thing. But, um, the areas I chose, <laughs> uh, this, this, this directly applies, um, where I, I think of them all as natural extensions of what, I, I'm already doing uh, mm -hmm. the so it's audio spatialization, uh, audio visual, 
synergy <laughs> yeah. the audio visual pieces and uh the third one is actually uh machine learning for uh creative expressive mm-hmm. purposes so my my hope is that like by the the next time we talk i'll be able to, <laughs> i'll be able to actually show um that that i have created like a machine learning based um instrument and and uh like interactive performance system that yeah. that does do what i feel like i kind of faked for the first right. half of this piece yeah. yeah the cool um but that's the story behind that cool well uh who who are we going to hear on this recording uh it's uh, that'll be elana wanyuk all right well let's listen to it now so this is to facilitate friction
cool. Uh, let's go. Let's move on to your last piece. Is this, uh, how do you pronounce the title? Is it Spate? It is Spate. Yep. All right. So Spate 2 yeah. for uh, Amplified Chamber Ensemble and Electronics. Um, what's the instrumentation for this? Uh, bass flute, oboe, trumpet, trombone, two percussionists, violin, and contrabass or double bass or bass. <laughs> bass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how is there a spate one? There is. <laughs> what is that like? What is that for? Uh, it is a trio uh, for oboe, trumpet, and percussion. Uh, okay. Do the so two the, pieces have any sort of relationship? So they they are my jury one and jury two piece uh, for UC San Diego. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> uh, that's, that's part of the program here is that uh, in the first year, you're asked to, uh, there's like a collaborative class between the, the performers and the composers. Yep. Uh, and you have a year together. Do you have a year to, no, wait, that's too long. You have like a quarter together. <laughs> but, I was like, damn, uh, you have a year? That's like a year. That's, that's a little bit much. Uh, the, that would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> the, I think like the whole first quarter is dedicated to, um, <laughs> forgive me, UCSD people, if I'm wrong on the the timing of that the um we have a year to create a piece together and then the yeah. premiere together um and then you move on yes so first quarter is that next two quarters are making the jury two piece um so spate one was uh jury one typically smaller ensembles um yeah. no electronics it's just um just the trio and yeah a lot of the same I do see Spate 2 as an expansion of a lot of the, yeah. an extrapolation of a lot of the ideas from, right. uh, from Spate 1, which is basically that, uh, again, the like shaping of trajectories towards, uh, you know, sudden cutoffs. I, I really got excited about caring really aggressively about how gestures end, <laughs> like how, um, well, how things, yeah. um, uh, especially for like, this is a strange thing to say, but especially for like trumpets and brass, because uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like so so frequently, so frequently I feel like pieces don't care about when how they stop. <laughs> the, they're just asked to like kind of gently fade yep. away, yep. Uh, which, which is actually like I I played the French horn. <laughs> uh, the it's not as easy as you think. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a weird conscious decisions have to be made by the performer but yeah like where are you going to actually stop because right. or because that's a it's a very delicate exactly um yeah so i did i got really excited about how things end uh and yeah every every everything in the piece cuts uh well you know there's a whole continuum of possibilities but it really plays with those um possibilities between like really aggressive cut off and like actually uh like staggering fading away yeah um was this did i see this on the sci virtual conference yes 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 you saw spate two yep spate Spate two right um so how what does your pre-composition look like for a piece like this uh since again you you know you're using so many sounds that will you know finale is not going to do it so this has to be like uh 
happening in uh, almost in your imagination. Or, I mean, I could see like, you know, making it just a bunch of recordings and structuring it in logic or something like that. But, you know, so how are you, how are you kind of like creating these, these gestures and then these longer phrases and sections using uh, the sound material that you're using? Totally. Uh, Mostly imagination. Yeah. <laughs> the, okay. uh, I did do uh, exactly what I did for the voice and violin pieces, in that like I, I met with each of the um, each of the each of the members of the ensemble, um, and and we did I did record um, those sessions, and we tried things out, and uh, that that is a majority of the the fixed media is is recordings from those sessions. Uh, okay. So the the each performer is really thoroughly <laughs> in, integrated into the piece. Like, uh, yeah. and again, I obviously I wrote it for the, um, like each individual specifically. But I did have um, because of that, I did have like reference recordings um, oh. of everybody. So I knew, uh, so I could refer, I could refer back to those. Right. Uh, yeah. The but but I I would refer back to them. But then um, mostly. It was imagined. I, I didn't do any um, mock-up or anything. Are you uh, kind of like almost working graphically at first, or are you just going straight into like notation? I'm basically working graphically at first. Yeah, yeah. I I have tons of uh, I <laughs> they're around here somewhere. The lots and lots of um, squiggles. Uh, yeah, lo- so many squiggles. <laughs> just 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 so many squiggles, uh, and they all have different labels and like uh i got really excited about yeah i I think sometimes i refer to them as like tendrils yeah (laughs) Uh yeah um and i got really excited by the idea that like each one of those like instrumental trajectories could have at some point in the piece like an electronic pairing so there could be Mm -hmm. like many layers of both interacting the i i got really excited about that (laughs) uh Oh, but just there's just so many squiggles and drawings and uh, <laughs> big big lines through it where I'm like the you know a, a varying length to show like how just how <laughs> how powerful of an arrival is that and how is that in the context of the yeah of the whole but mostly drawings at first yeah um <laughs> is it is it all strictly notated or is there controlled improvisation in this uh, both like, like the other ones yeah okay yeah it, it's both like the other ones um the uh am i was what i'm about to say true <laughs> the, um there's usually a, a blend of both um usually if i i i feel like frequently in my pieces i um do have examples mm, of what okay. i would like to happen in the improv before right. just asking for improv, improv. Yeah, like, so it's like so it's like take this stuff that you've already done and then just like combine them together mis- mishmash them in a way that if i notated this you'd be woodshedding this for months exactly yeah. exactly the and um not only that but also while calling for that still shaping like different parameters out yeah because right. almost always uh it's almost never like just come it it always goes beyond saying just combine all these things it, right. it almost always says like while you know like uh because fr- frequently there'll be <laughs> no, people listening to this can't see the funny thing i'm doing with my hand <laughs> uh the 
there will be like boxes of material. Yeah. Uh, and it says exactly what you just said. Uh, and then that ma- those boxes will then have their own squiggles. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like take take this crazy combination of previous materials and then also shape it to this very specific squiggle. Uh, cause, cause I, I do, I, I stand behind my, my squiggles. They're very, um, they're, they're very they're, expressive squiggles. They're very expressive squiggles. Uh, the, so not only is it following that like visual trajectory that yeah. I, that I've drawn out, uh, but it's almost always paired to something like, um, like do yeah, this with volume or do this with density or do this exactly. with like timbre or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's a, you know, like uh shape. Yeah. Move from dense to sparse to, to, to dense again, or, you know, like shape um, trend higher in frequency. Yeah. Right. All those things at once. It's usually many, many things at once. Yeah. It's- I was, I was kind of thinking about that today about how, how studying, uh, doing and studying uh electronics has such an like an immense uh impact upon your acoustic writing because you no longer view the instrument as just a pitch and rhythm machine totally it's like you you can break it out into all of these different parameters which you know, if you're looking at like, oh, look at this plugin. Oh shit, I can control ten different <laughs> lines of uh, of uh, um, oh shit automation yeah, at yeah. the same time. They each have their own envelope. They each have their own trajectory. And I, I feel like you know, having had that experience, it like it really positively affects the way we write for acoustic instruments because. And maybe it makes it harder because we're not just asking them to be like pitch and rhythm machines, but it makes the music almost more like organic or something. Totally. No, I exactly the, I, I really thoroughly believe that. Yeah. That I believe the, (laughs) I don't know if it's right to refer to them as, as two practices, but I, I, I really thoroughly believe that, electroacoustic music and acoustic music, like both those practices inform each other um, in really important ways for me. Yeah. And so I, I totally agree that, that crafting like electronic pieces has a huge impact on, on how yeah. I think about uh, instrumental sounds and mm-hmm. music uh, and how, yeah, exactly. Like you said, many, many, many parameters can, can yeah. be, uh, can have their own envelopes and trajectories and shapes at once. Yep. Yeah, I I love it, and uh, I I do I uh, I I love all kinds of music, uh, but I I am currently much more excited <laughs> about uh thing, things that that pay a little bit less attention to uh, notes as notes, you know? <laughs> the, yeah, because uh, there's so there's such a rich, beautiful area of you know what i mean i'm not saying this very elegantly <laughs> no i get it like there, there, there's so much left to be explored with with these instruments that have been around for thousands of years and they're like you know only within the last 50 70 Something maybe like maybe a little bit longer than that <laughs> have they truly been like pushed past their their tradition um, you know, and, and, and not to say that they were never pushed before that, you know, certainly, uh, the, the, like the piano forte was yeah. a, uh, a, a huge, you know, there are always, uh, 
um oh what am i trying to say uh there there are always innovations you know both in the actual instrument and the playing technique but at a certain point it's it's still all in service of notes and rhythm and when the instrument stops being developed or or at least it it starts being developed in service of something else all of a sudden you get this jump um totally. and uh and yeah that's we're we're still within that right now totally yeah so so i i realized uh does it i do have a better way to phrase this okay <laughs> the, um just that cuz it's not that i have a problem with notes i love i love frequencies yeah like yeah the, they're the, great but i do love Traditionally imperfect. I think the the imperfect, vulnerable, uh, unpredictable side of things is 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 frequently more beautiful than than trying to hide that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I I find that really exciting when yeah when when making art. <laughs> it, it's there's uh, there was there was this interesting thing that happened while I was doing my doctorate. I um we uh, and I can't remember if it was, if it happened to me or if it was just a story. I think at this point, it's just a story. I don't know exactly who the student character was in this, but, um, I know it wasn't me anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, um, someone is in the electronic music studio and they're listening to a recording and they're listening to, um, uh, Varese's ionization. Okay. And uh, our professor, our electronic music professor at, at Rice walks in, Kurt Stallman, and he sits down and he listens for a while. And he's like, wow, that's, yeah, who's who's playing that? And the student uh, turns around and says, no one. It's a sample library. And that was, at the moment, that was like really terrifying for yeah. uh, for Kurt because it was like, dude like so many people are going to lose their jobs because so the samples and this, you know, this was years ago. Like, yeah, obviously yeah. we know like how good sample, some sample libraries are now. Um, but uh, you know, it was really terrifying because it's like, Oh, well, what is the future of music? If a computer can just absolutely replicate a live performance. And mm. it's like, I have pretty damn good ears and I couldn't tell, yeah. you know, and it's, but you know, that that has always kind of that story has always been in the back of my mind and with what you're talking about you know so many times i've already referenced on this podcast like you're doing stuff oh finale is not going to hang with that you know oh, yeah. you can't reproduce this so it's like the you know when when technology kind of uh comes and meets humanity where it's at and says oh well i can do this and humanity is like well, you can't do this shit. So, <laughs> no, it's totally. Just, it, yeah, it's just interesting um, how how I think I hear a lot more pieces like this, you know, now that, and, and maybe it's because like you know, so many people have been, whereas you know, in the in the nineties or or eighties or whatever, you know, the, like electronic music wasn't as big. It wasn't taught as much. So you didn't mm-hmm. have so many composers that had that cross pollination of the techniques, but you know, now you can't even get a degree without studying some kind of electronic music at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, I think now you hear a lot more people like uh, really pushing what instruments can do a because like they have had that 
technological uh, understanding of sound that many composers in the past did not have. And B, you know, probably not, they're probably not doing it because of this, but, you know, it's, it's easy to realize that, oh, I can make a perfect piece out of samples. So why am I writing for real human beings? I, I will say, first of all, totally. (laughs) And I, I, I will say, I think every single piece I've ever made, except for that choir piece that I briefly <laughs> referenced, just yeah. So Bailey's has done nothing. Uh, the right. like, I've completely ignored the playback. Uh, yeah. Other than um, I know a lot of people say this, but the um, the, the timings can be helpful. Uh, yeah. To, oh. to 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 listen through it in time, but yeah, the 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 MIDI playback is totally is almost, worthless. Has like all basically nothing to contribute. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of it's kind of been that way. It's been that way for a long time for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that cool. that I've like totally ignored the, uh, yeah, the the playback sounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, let's listen to this piece. Uh, so, who are we going to hear performing this? So it's conducted by Steve Schick. Uh, it's Teresa Diaz on flute, uh, Juliana Goana on oboe, David Aguila playing trumpet, Burke Schneider playing trombone, Michael Jones on percussion. Rebecca Lloyd-Jones on percussion two, uh, Alana Wanuk playing uh, violin, and Catherine Schulmeister on bass. Actually, I went to school with uh, Burke Snyder. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I love Burke. We're neighbors right now. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> T- tell them hi. Uh, <laughs> so this is Spate 2.
All right. We're almost done. Last question. Uh, how did you find music as the thing you wanted to pursue for your life? That's a great question. <laughs> um, all of the children in my family were required to begin. Um, my parents signed us up for uh, piano lessons. I think when we were like six, uh, we, how long were we asked to do that? It was funny. It, the, the, it was like more formalized than you would think that it would be. It was like, you know, like at, this, at least this many years of, of piano lessons. And then we would like get to choose if we wanted to actually continue. Uh, and I think all of us chose that we wanted to continue. Uh, but that's just to say when, when we were six, we, we were like actively having little piano lessons, uh, which uh -huh. I, I think had to be influential. Um, my mom played piano uh in the house when we when we were kids that was always a big deal uh the what well, always a big deal i just mean yeah like surely <laughs> yeah that was impactful in some way sure um the and over time we because i loved band uh i absolutely loved band uh I pl again i played the french horn uh i loved marching band <laughs> uh nice. I I accrued I, I still have a whole collection of, of instruments next to me. <laughs> the, <laughs> they they get um you know some of them get <laughs> get played. Uh the you know, guitar is does did didgeridoo <laughs> there's a uh I actually do pretty regularly play the there's a melodica next to me and uh, a slide whistle actually there's I, I have a slide whistle and live electronics piece uh, that I love quite a lot. Nice. <laughs> uh, that that was on. Is that an ICMC? Uh, it was on. It was at least performed. It's been performed in a couple places. I, I'm really thankful nice. for that. But uh, the to just the family loved music. Uh, I loved band. Loved it a lot. Uh, I was in marching band in college. I had a great time. <laughs> the, uh, but the. The point being, yeah, uh, just over time, it became uh, more and more clear that, and I was in, it must be late at night. I'm running kind of slow. <laughs> but, uh, I played piano from a very early age. Yeah. Uh, more and more, there were, there were just more musical instruments around. Uh, we, I, I loved music. I got involved in band early. Um kept that going for a long long time obviously <laughs> the, um oh. but i i was also in like um <laughs> i was in uh nine to five the musical uh-huh I, yeah. I was uh i was dolly parton's uh stoner son that was my <laughs> <laughs> that was my role uh the i was told i did a absolutely amazing job <laughs> the, uh the uh just uh Okay, I have I have long hair. That's that's not fair. This typecasting. <laughs> the, right. Yeah. Uh, the but point being, I, I was in um, I was in youth orchestras. I was in the band. Uh, I did all kinds of solo and ensemble things. I um, I loved music. I was involved in a lot of the the school musicals, uh, in the pit and and again on stage. Uh, the I was in the choirs. Uh, I was doing a lot. Um, with music and it came to the point where 
yeah, it was like, I, I think I want to do something with music mm-hmm. uh, for, for my life, <laughs> for my uh, career. And uh, I was like, well, the, I think uh, young, young me was like, well, I think the most amazing thing would be to write it. Uh, I like I, I would be absolutely honored to to write music uh, to like share this with the world. Uh, unfortunately, isn't the right word. Uh, when I decided this, I had basically no portfolio of any kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the but thankfully, uh, Western Michigan did not require a portfolio of any kind. Uh, they let uh, everybody enter the music program just as a generic music major. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in an instrumental studio, and then it uh, broke off into discipline, disciplines from there. So like you yeah. could you could be music therapy, you could be music education, uh, composition, performance, all of that. And uh, that is where I met uh, Dr. Christopher Biggs and Dr. Lisa Coons, who were basically my first. Um, they were my first uh, like composition and theory teachers ever, uh, and they are amazing. Uh, so from they are they've both so, been on the podcast. They're they're fantastic. Uh, yeah. The so they were the first people to like shape that that compositional worldview in any way. Uh, mm-hmm. The so I was immediately way into, uh, and I always I always loved this. I always stood by uh, the. So very early on, I I was exposed to and very excited by like very experimental and electrocoustic mm-hmm. things uh, in pieces and uh, received thankfully really amazing electronic, you know, introduction to electronic music uh, totally. training from, from yeah. Chris. So the, that, that set off that trajectory really beautifully. And I, I loved it. Uh, the, yeah, I, I remember Dr. Lisa Coons being very excited to share, um, like share black angels with us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like this is, I didn't know you could do this. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. This is it. Uh, the, not, not to list specifically that piece as an inspiration, but just, uh, you know, in, in that, Something in like, that, yeah. in that, um, that kind of mindset that, yeah, that like, Oh, th- this is, this is an incredible thing that I would love to, to do everything I can to be involved with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it went from there. <laughs> uh, and then I um, yep, met, met Eleni, Dr. Eleni Lilios at, uh, at Splice and said uh, I would be. <laughs> I, um, this story is in, a, is in a text interview somewhere. But I, I really did uh, at like the first day of Splice Institute, uh, Eleni Lilios. Eleni Lilios was the guest artist mm-hmm. for the first year of the Splice Institute, uh, and I, uh, I knew her music. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I still think it's absolutely amazing. Uh, and I walked up to her and said, uh, uh, "I don't know if this is exactly what I said, but I walked up and said, like, I, like, hello, I, I'm Nathan. I'd be extremely interested in being your uh, music technology." Uh, teaching assistant at Bowling Green, and she, she, I'm pretty sure she said something along the lines of like, "We'll see." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and by the end of it, she, uh, she's like, "Oh, yeah, 
<laughs> she's like, you know, it'll be cold in Bowling Green. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she's like, wait, you live here. You like, you live, you live in Michigan. You know, it'll be cold. Like, oh, yeah. you're you're ready. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. And then I was, I was the, uh, yeah, I, I was her teaching assistant for for two years, and it was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> awesome. And now you're finishing up at UCSD. Yeah, and then, uh, it's year entering the world. Yeah, this is year four out of. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I think it's supposed to be five or six, <laughs> uh, but we'll see how long they let me. Uh, I w- I would love to use the 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 spat lab, the, the spatialization right. lab, as, as yeah. long as I can. So we'll, yeah. we'll see how long I can convince them to let me to let me stay. So cool. <laughs> well, before we go, can you tell everyone where they can find uh, more of your music or like connect with you on social media or something like that? Sure. So uh, you can go to my website, which is just NathanielHerring.com. Uh, and uh, SoundCloud should do the same. Uh, and my please feel free to reach out to me on, on Facebook or Instagram. It's just they're just my personal pages, but I, I, I would love I would love to hear from you. So, yeah, awesome. thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, Nathan. <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.